Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Okay, well, the Agents of Innovation podcast Guatemala series continues, and we're back here on the beautiful campus of Universidad Francisco Marroquin in Guatemala City. We're on the Rose Friedman Plaza. And, you know, you may have heard in a previous episode, uh, Monica Zalea from UFM, who is the dean of the Economic Sciences School here at, at UFM. Um, well, you know, in the last few weeks at, that I've been here in Guatemala, I actually got to, you know, I, first of all, I see, I, I'm a visiting professor here, so I, I, I see students every day, right? And, and I do meet some alums, but I met some really interesting alums a few weeks ago uh, when I was in Antigua. And so we have here Juan Luis Hey, Lopez. Juan Luis Lopez. Yeah. Sorry, Juan Luis Lopez. Hi, and, and then we have Maria uh, Sofia Castillo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, uh, so uh, Juan Luis and um, Sophie, uh, welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Yes, and pleasure. anyway, so I want to ask you, so um, Juan Luis, can you tell our audience um, real quickly uh, what you do today? Yeah, of course. Right now, I am focused on my company. It's Contract Flows. It's basically an automated legal assistant for lawyers. And I am the CEO running the business, also developing a little bit of code and having fun. Great. And, and Sophie, what do you do? I am also a co-founder. I'm the co-founder and CEO at Core Code, which is a technology learning accelerator. And I'm also having lots of fun. Great. Well, you know, that's great that you're having fun. That's that's the most important thing. Well, you know, I, I found it interesting because, um, you know, here you are, both of you are, are fairly recent graduates of UFM, and you're working in tech, in tech, basically, in technology. We're not in Silicon Valley here, right? But we're in Guatemala City, and there's a lot uh, going on. Now, when I came across you, um, we were just wrapping up uh, at the Antigua Forum, and um, and you were uh, you were hanging out with some of our uh, people who were visiting, and I, I had the the real pleasure of being part of Antigua Forum as well. Uh, maybe we could talk about that in a little bit. But um, what I want to ask you first is, uh, so let's see, uh, Juan Luis, you graduated in 2019 from UFM. Uh, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what you studied, uh, what college you were in, um, a little bit about your experience here? Great. Yeah. Um, so I studied computer science. I was the first you could say generation of graduates um, since the career started again at this university. Um, it was an open um, syllabus pensum, so you ha you got to the opportunity to, to choose on what to focus on. And I really liked that. That opened up my mind to different fields um, besides computer science and the technical things, right? Um, so so uh, you, had, you had to choose a major though, right? Your major was computer science? My major is computer science, but since it was like an open pensum, you could choose like um, electives in entrepreneurship or electives in economics and philosophy that really changed my mind. So it's too bad that I wasn't a visiting professor here because you could have chosen an elective in entrepreneurship and innovation, right? Yeah. Uh, like, like with me. Uh, no, uh, that's, what I, that's what I've been teaching. But that's one thing I've really found as a visiting professor at UFM that this is a very experimental school. And in fact, yeah, some of my students have been from, you know, typically economics and entrepreneurship majors, but also I get people, uh, other majors that might be interested in entrepreneurship. Yes, and totally. that's great because um, you're learning the skills uh, that you need for what you're doing in the tech field, mm -hmm. but uh, you're also the CEO of a company. You need to learn how to run a company too, right? Yes. So that's important. Uh, and, and what I always like to teach my students uh, is trying to build an entrepreneurial mindset as well, not, not to, do, to be prepared for the ups and downs that comes with being an entrepreneur. Totally, yes. So uh, tell me, uh, other than your studies and in the class and everything, and, and maybe, maybe that's included in this next question, what were some of the um, biggest... What, what were some of the big uh, takeaways and impacts you had? And I know your, your parents went to UFM too, right? Yes, right. And you grew up in Guatemala City? Yes. Uh, but what were some of the biggest impacts you had, uh, things that maybe still impact you today potentially from your time at UFM? Like, I think the biggest um, impact UFM had in me was my mindset of how I took on things. Um, how how I decided how I decide to tackle things right, um, in a point of view of searching for freedom, searching for life, and well, yeah, the everyone's individual rights right. So yeah. that's that really changed how I thought 
um, especially since all the programs and all the things you we were used to at seeing at the, at the television were like um, I don't know I I always remember these um, commercials from UNICEF like yeah we can help the people and and giving them free stuff is always good and that's not the reality right there are always unintended consequences in everything we do and I think that's one thing uh, I take from UFM, right? So a lot of like the philosophy that they teach, yes, uh, free market philosophy, individual liberty, personal responsibility, things like that. Yes, totally. Great. Okay, so Sophie, let's let's hear a little bit from you now. Yay. Um, so you just graduated from UFM in 2021, right? That's right. Um, and so uh, let me also you, you also are from Guatemala City. Yes. And tell tell me a little bit again about um, what you do today. Okay, what I do, um, I am the co-founder and CEO at Core Code, so I founded a company. Core Code. Um, Core Code, that's right. <laughs> and what we do is we train software developers and then we connect them with, with software companies. And then we also give continuous learning programs to technology companies because the world is changing just so fast that you just need to have that mindset of continuous learning all the time. Uh, and we love that, right? That, that was part of also uh, something I learned at UFM, actually. I did not have that mindset before. Um, and just gaining that mindset and building a company around that is super exciting and, and giving tons of opportunities, right? Or not giving, but enabling or yeah, promoting tons of opportunities. Is great. That's great. Well, um, so what did you study here when you, at U, you, when you were at UFM? Yes, I studied at the Michael Planey College at UFM and I specialized uh, in systems innovation. So the Michael Planey College is a bit of an amazing thing that I did not know existed anywhere in the world because you create your own education from scratch or you build it from scratch. There are no curses, mentors assigned to you, but you design, okay, I, I have this question. What do I need to answer that question? I need to find this mentor. I need to find this person who works at this company so they can answer some of my questions. And based upon that, I'll start building projects and learning as I do. Um, so it's a, it was a whole new experience because it's actually like freedom super applied. Because uh -huh. no one's telling you like, uh, uh, this is what you need to do. This is how you learn. This is These are your grades. You've got a hundred. Now you're amazing. No, it's like you go into the world, you learn how to fall and stand back up and that's your score and it, it, it hurts. So how are you evaluated <laughs> in the Michael Polanyi College? Yes, so um, when you selected a mentor, uh, you with them you designed, you decided your success metrics. So it was, it was more about success metrics and then those were translated into A, B, C, D. So imagine for one class, my success metric could have been uh, to launch um, a campaign via social media uh, and then to evaluate the impact metrics. Uh, and that was that was the success metric. So that was then translated into numbers. So it, w it wasn't like you need to get 100 and do a great job, but it was success metrics and then translate them. And we, we just translated them because the, the system needs it, right? The system needs you to have an A. If you want to get a master's degree, you need to say, oh, I got an A or I got a B. And, and actually, the first year I got like all CDs uh, because like my success metrics were not realistic. Mm. I think that's something I learned as well uh, to, to set metrics for your life. And I think that has been super important to, for me. Um, and, and to learn what metrics actually mean, yeah, insane, yeah. I, I, well, that's good. Uh, so I love the concepts. You, you, you said a few things in, in, your, in, in your description of what a student at Michael Polanyi College mm -hmm. might encounter. One, I love the learn by doing mm -hmm. because, uh, yes. you know, I talked to you guys before. I've had over 100 episodes with different entrepreneurs mm -hmm. over the last seven years. And one thing that's really jumped out is many of them learn by doing. Yeah. And I mean, right from my first episode guest, Isaac Morehouse, who I always love having on as a, and that having as an example, I mean, he literally just jumped right in and started learning by doing. Mm -hmm. I, when I started this podcast, mm -hmm. this was learning by doing, you know, and I was bragging a little bit this morning on how quickly I set up the audio <laughs> and because I've been doing so many of these now. So repetition is great. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. the, um, the other thing I heard you say was going out and getting mentors, mm -hmm. and maybe advisors mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. And so these are people that are actually with companies. They don't work mm -hmm. for UFM. Mm -hmm. um, how do you approach these people? Um, are some of them alums of UFM? Mm. Are some of them connected in some way? Mm. Or, or, or does, does you being a UFM student give you some level of respect as you approach them? I mean, why, why would somebody, you know, I, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's not like, were they offering internships? Mm -hmm. I mean, what was the approach that mm -hmm. you took to try to get people involved and, and, and 
and maybe you're trying to be involved in, in what they're doing. Yeah, that's I, I love that question because it was actually part of the journey, like to explore that part. Uh, on my first year, I did stick more with people who knew the UFM. So I did even go with some mentors that, or some professors here at UFM and I was like, hey, so I want to learn this. Uh, do you mind, would you like to explore with me how we could build a project around this? Um, and also, I think one important part to mention about the mentors is they give you an, a stipend. Stipend? Yeah, is that a stipend. A, a stipend. Yeah. Uh, so you can pay them. But the art is to, to learn how to manage your money. So sometimes you, you would come to them and be like, do you mind if I do like an internship so I can also add value to you? So you learn to negotiate. Like in my first year, I didn't pay to any of my mentors. I was just like, okay, so for example, my first year, I wanted to learn about economy because I, I, I was always very intrigued on how we could develop the country economically. So I went to one of these... Uh, Christian, he's, he's here. I think he's not here at UFM anymore, but um, I went to him and he's like, I want to know how to build rich richness in the country. Um, do you mind? Like wealth? Wealth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the word. That's yeah. the right word. Um, I well, know. richness could mean a lot of things, right? Yeah. It could be culturally rich, right? Yeah. But we were talking about economic wealth. Economic wealth. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, went, I went to him and I told him, and I, I just want to see if you need any help in any of the things you're doing. Maybe I could be a teaching assistant to you or write some articles regarding the things I'm learning with you. And maybe that way I can add value to you. And he was like, yeah, cool. Uh, let's get together and read some books together and have some dialogues. Uh, let's, let's set some metrics for you. And then you can add value to me by writing these articles. Um, so it was a process of negotiation. At first I started close to UFM, but then I started like reaching out for other people. Like, okay, I like this person at this company. Can I find a contact? And you always, like, if you ask enough people, you'll always find someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows the someone who knows the, pe the person <laughs> yeah, you yeah. want to get to. Um, Especially so these days with social media yeah, and, and everything LinkedIn. on the internet. Yeah, definitely. And I think that practice of, of realizing how people can be so, like, closer than you think opened just so many doors for me. Like, it helped a lot in being an entrepreneur because that's exactly what you're going to be doing, right? Yeah. Like knocking up on doors, learning what to say, learning how to negotiate. Uh, so I think just the art of learning how to find a mentor is also related to the art of like negotiation uh, in, in businesses. So, yeah. Yeah. No, again, I mean, that's what I love that uh, there's an environment here at UFM that allows you to or that encourages you to do yeah. that, pushes you out and says, get, get out there and do that. Yeah. Um, you just, you know, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I'm from the U.S. Mm -hmm. That was not my experience in college. Mm. Um, there's a lot of great things about U.S. universities, but I think one thing, there's not a lot of encouragement to go out and mm. do something uh, mm. that's sort of self-empowering yeah. and, um, and, and entrepreneurial in yeah. that sense. And so I really just, I, like I always tell people, there's, I feel like there's almost no place like UFM on the planet. Um, certainly not in the United States, mm. and um, and if there is, you know, somebody can write me and tell me, and I'll, I'll come, I'll come visit. But, uh, but, but, but you know, so that's that's what I really love. Mm. And also, you know, talk a little bit about what you've seen in your very young lives in mm -hmm. uh, in Guatemala, because I love that you have this passion to help your country grow mm. and and grow in economic wealth. I've been here about a year now. And, you know, my observation, you know, I guess even just the first few weeks I was living here, I had visited once a few years earlier, my first, you know, living in zone 10, a mm -hmm. very commercial district, a very, yeah. a lot of, everywhere you look, there's a new condominium building going <laughs> up, a new office building going up. Yeah. And I'm like, we're in a pandemic, you know, and, and these people are building buildings. Uh, what's going on here? Uh, the shopping malls are pretty vibrant here. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of vibrancy here. and. Yeah. In the United States, these are not the images that most people see mm. of Guatemala. Mm -hmm. um, and so, can you talk a little bit about what you've been seeing in Guatemala and how maybe you hope to contribute to it? Awesome. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you with this one. <laughs> well, um, yeah, like, I think Guatemalans have this um, spirit, you could say, of making things happen as well. Um, we know um, that sometimes if you one certain result you, you have to work towards it i think many people have um, shared this thought with me and like yeah like w w we shouldn't stop we we there's there's things that we have in our value system right and one of those things is working um increasing our wealth uh, increasing our well-being and the well-being of uh, the ones we love so I think that's one uh, 
recent. Yeah, Sophie, what do you have to say? Yeah, I think I also see this spirit that you say, like, uh, and also in my, in my sense, I've in some of my experience, I did witness like some of the outside city reality of Guatemala. Uh, and that reality is also can seem very harsh, right? Because there are many people that have really needs that that they need like food, that they need water, they need uh, uh, things, <laughs> right? Uh, or they need things to, to sustain healthcare, themselves, yeah. healthcare and, and everything. And you see that. And at, at that moment, I used to be also very like related to NGOs and we would go and like give them things. Um, but when, one thing I've noticed is that I think we're starting to realize how people are not only mouths to be fed, but also like people who can create. Um, and we're also uh, tackling that mindset that people from out of the city need us. Like, oh, like I know things I, they, and they don't know things. I think we're starting to collaborate more. I think we're starting to value that people uh, outside of, of, of the city are actually doing amazing things. Maybe not things that we seem valuable for us, but for them it's amazing. So I think we're starting to collaborate even more. And I think that's amazing. We're starting to realize that we're all super capable. <laughs> um, and I think we're being, being present or being alive in this moment in time in Guatemala is, is amazing. And, and every time, like every place I go, I feel like people are just like, yeah, I want to do something. And just like they have this spirit. And, and I think that's amazing. That's great. Well, um, one thing I should mention. So we, I met you both in Antigua. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, uh, you were involved with the Antigua Forum. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about how. So the Antigua Forum, as uh, if you if you go back to the episode I had with Monica Zalea, we talked a little bit about this, uh, but it's it's a really collaborative project where mm-hmm. there's uh, people that bring in projects from all over the world. There was I think eight projects this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to the eight uh, people having projects, each one had sort of a facilitator or mm-hmm. two at their s- station helping uh, with everything, and then they had a lot of. Uh, people mm-hmm. like myself and others um, in all sorts of various roles who were sort of the uh, the people giving the feedback, mm-hmm. the advisors and, and everything. And, and we could just walk from station to station whenever the heck we wanted to yeah, uh, exactly. and just give feedback and give our own perspective mm-hmm. to their projects. And so how was you, what was your role in that? Yes. So I am a co-creation facilitator at Antigua Forum, which is an event that happens every year. And what we do basically is we help people... Uh, share their ideas and collaborate. That's mainly what we do. We just facilitate spontaneous order, which may may seem counterintuitive because spontaneous order just happens. Uh, But what we do is is we just stand and ask questions, right? So people feel can feel the or can remember that they're free to share anything they want, any like crazy idea that they they might have. Um, We start with the brainstorm. So any crazy idea is super, super welcomed. And then by the end, we do want for crazy ideas to become actionable plans. So our role there is to enable brainstorm, but also enable the landing of the crazy, amazing ideas. So projects can actually start coming true. Actually, one of the things we we say is that by the end of the Antigua Forum, People need to know what they're going to be doing on Monday 8 a.m., which means they need to have an actionable, an action, an actionable uh, task for them to start, right? So we, we encourage people to start with the ideas, the crazy ideas that people collaborated upon. Um, and I just think it's wonderful. Like, I'm always impressed by how ideas always evolve. Like, people come to the, the Antigua Forum thinking they need something, like the, the people with the projects who are like, okay, I need to, to work on this idea. And then when people from all around the world with all different backgrounds and ideas come and question your idea. It's just wonderful what, what it can come to be, right? To collaborate and to ask great questions. Yeah, that collaborative process. Did mm-hmm. you, so you're, you're one of the facilitators of that co-creation process of Antigua Forum. Yeah. So there's also a co-creation uh, lab here called the mm-hmm. CoLab, right? Were you part of that at all as a student? I've, I, I wasn't here when that was, cre- like when, as a student, mm-hmm. I was in the co-creation event that created the co-creation oh, space. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and, and basically the process to create the collab was similar to Antigua Forum. They had this idea of how can we let students uh, build liberty in action, right? How can we let them build amazing projects and collaborate in, ter- in multidisciplinary teams? Uh, and then lots of ideas came and then collab came to be. Uh, and apart from that, like I, as a student, I wasn't here, but I've been a, a facilitator for one of the experiences. So classes that happen at the Colov are called uh, ex- learning experiences. So I've facilitated one of the learning experiences with a project on agriculture and regenerate 
regenerative stuff. <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah. um, I should also mention, so I met you guys during the Antigua Forum. Yeah. And, uh, and also, you know, I didn't introduce them this way, but... Uh, <laughs> But th they're also a couple here, so right. <laughs> so so they found each other, but not at UFM necessarily, right? I, I, I learned that you were both UFM grads. Yeah. Oh, did you meet at UFM? So tell me the story about how you guys met. Yeah, I'll do the first part, and then you can you can tell your version of the story. But um, <laughs> so I also told them beforehand. I, I, I Juan Luis, she always has the microphone first. <laughs> he knows, right? Yeah. I love that. Uh, so. It was in a way related to UFM because we were both invited by people from the UFM. So they were like, there's this competition, you can go out and bring out your ideas. Uh, the hackathon was about building solutions to reduce violence in the region, technological solutions. Uh, he's a computer scientist, so the message got directly to, to him. Um, I, I, I have friends in computer science and they were like, oh, let's build something amazing. And I was like, yeah, because uh, one thing I learned at the Michael Blaney College was just like saying yes to any experience that <laughs> would let me grow or learn anything in the universe. Uh, he, they were like hackathon, solution to re reduction of violence and technology. And I was like, yeah, count me in. Uh, so I was in one of the teams. We were building a, a solution to, for, um, to get people from prison have an easier way into society once they get out of prison. Um, and they, they had something that could add value to us. They were a team, we were a team. So uh, once we get there, we realized that our ideas were very compatible and we could, we could even start working a project together instead of having two teams. We formed then one team um, and, and, and we won. <laughs> but what's your yeah, version yeah. of the story? Yeah. So, so you were on different teams, and your team won. No, we no, no. Oh, you were on the same team. We, we started it as um, we started uh, as different teams, and you had the chance. Uh, you had the, the well, you had the option of um, merging teams together. Yeah. So we did it because our our ideas were very very compatible. Um, we well, as part of um, when I was part of that competition, that hackathon, I was. Um, taking the blockchain course um, here at UFM and we had to develop um, a system right and the hackathon seemed like the perfect opportunity mm -hmm. to make that happen right so we wanted to have this ledger for um, the activity or the um, curses and, and things and these um, people. people in prison had um, um, are doing right and your project was about uh, it was the how, how we can do so right? how we could how they could learn uh, in collaborate like people it was it was very very wild it was it was cool because it was how people inside prison could collaborate with people in their communities to start building solutions uh, so once they got solution. sustainable solutions so once they got out like they were already in a way part and then his project would validate all the efforts that we were being made in the blockchain yep. um, so it was a bit uh, before how do you call that like right now the boom of web3 and blockchain yeah, is happening it, it was, was it was before the hype it was before the what, hype what year was this was this last year uh, 2018 2018 uh-huh so you guys met then yeah in 2018 so so uh, so what was some of the common connections you had I mean there was other young people there and <laughs> Why uh, us? started uh, started uh, connecting with each other love that actually one of the things I called that called my attention about Juan Luis was that we were at this meeting and the, the organizers of the event were had some ideals that were not necessarily aligned to freedom and like um, one's own self power to create and he made a joke like he made a joke that sounded like he loved freedom and i was like huh. interesting you had me at freedom <laughs> yeah he, was, he had me at freedom definitely he definitely had me at freedom i know that um and and so he made that joke and i was interested and then another thing that called my attention is that when we were on a table having a discussion like lots of people are always like super they always want to be loud and say things like no matter if they're building or constructing things they're just like oh yeah like i can say this and i'm amazing and he was just like he was just like listening and i was like huh why isn't he saying those things and then uh, out of the sudden he would like come in and ask a question and then he would just like stand back and i was <laughs> like like i was so intrigued i was so intrigued by what was going on in his mind like what was he saying just like things that were curious I don't know I, I was impressed I was impressed there and then the last thing that that got me and then you can say what got you I think <laughs> um, but the event lasted three days and last day it was Sunday 
so we had won the, the competition, we won, great job. Uh, and then I wanted to go to mass. I wanted to, to go to mass because I, I, I go to mass on Sunday. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to mass, um, see you all. And they were like, no, but we're gonna celebrate, like stay with us. And I was like, I'm cool, I'm gonna go to mass. And I was entering the, the, the church and then I just turned back and he was entering as well. And I was like, mm, bye, <laughs> 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 he got me. And I think those were the main things. That so let's see, him. freedom, uh, listening and Jesus. <laughs> yeah. uh, so these are, these are things that <laughs> uh, uh, much more men uh, we need to pay attention to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was very nice. Um, I think the okay, the event was perfect for getting to know each other because it was a lot of participation about uh, thinking outside the box. And yeah, that's what I liked about you. And you always said very good ideas and you had this intention in everything you did. Like I could notice that and yeah, that. that that yeah. So anyway, I don't want to make them blush anymore. I just thought because you kind of told me a little bit of that story when we first yeah. met, yeah. and so I thought it was interesting. Uh, uh, and 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 because you, I, I actually asked you, did you meet at UFM? And you're mm -hmm. like, no, not really. We uh, we were both UFM students, mm -hmm. but never really met each other here. Met each other at this hackathon, and and then you told that a little bit of that story. So I thought that was interesting. So <laughs> let's now get into um, the companies that you do. But before we do that, I actually have a, a yeah. question I'd like to ask. Uh, each of you and each of my guests now, because this is a podcast about <laughs> entrepreneurship. Um, what was your first job in life? Mm. And it could be anything. It could be something as a kid. It could be uh, maybe your first pay job, whatever, mm -hmm. you, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. And then what, what did you kind of learn from that job? Oof. And, and maybe, maybe those things are still applicable to what you do today. Oof, definitely. I'm going to say my first like signed job. Like when I your saw a contract and signed it and got paid, I was 16. Um, and I started working at a clothing clothing store in mm. Miraflores here in Guatemala. Ah. Um, and I huge mall, huge mall, uh, <laughs> but small store. Uh, I mean, I was 16. I, I just wanted to. I was trying to uh, sustain, learn to sustain myself because because I needed that. Um, and I found that job. And sales is just amazing, and you can learn to sell anything. And if you know how to sell a shirt, I think you learn how to sell a software. Right, because um, you need to understand your user. You need to ask the right questions. You need to witness, like, oh, they like this. Maybe they like this as well. Um, also, there was lots of like competition because inside the store you got like a commission if you sold more. So I could see like how all my peers were changing their strategies, and, and I was always observing. Um, and I and I think some of the things I learned there about sales are things I keep implementing right now. Like falling in love with your user is one of the things I do because I, I love people as well. But thinking of people as like users, what what are they, their needs, uh, what do they love? I think that that changed my life. Uh, that was one of my my first jobs. That's great. Well, I I do agree with you, um, especially for an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You're always you're always going to be a salesman. Yeah. So you um you need to understand those the ways to sell and persuade mm -hmm. people and persuasion is such a good tool to have as well yeah and right now maybe one one thing i just would add and then i can i can give you the mic but right now that i'm working at a company i i even like to change the world sales to building partnerships mm -hmm. like to um because I, I, See, she's a real saleswoman <laughs> there. She's going to tell you. It's not about sales. It's not about sales. <laughs> it's about building partnerships. Yeah, but because I love like the building relationships and then eventually you can give people what they need. And it's, and, and I think I love that idea more, like building partnerships and relations than the idea of like uh, studying the market and like mm, the numbers. Let me yeah. see. Uh -huh. Like I like, I like that part more. Um, and I think I learned that as well. Well, at true the sales. Store. And I mean, even like when I did fundraising, uh -huh. it's really about understanding the customer yeah. what do they want and what can you provide them and where do you meet yeah right like and, a and relationship why, and why is maybe your product <laughs> or service uh better than someone else's or maybe mm -hmm. even a product or service they didn't think about they needed mm -hmm. right yeah steve jobs the ultimate salesman told yes. us why we needed these phones mm -hmm. uh you know so uh um, anyway all right luan luis go ahead right um so my first job well i could say was basically helping in every way i could around the house um, I think that's where I got my passion of learning how things work. Um, for example, I don't know, uh, there were times they paid me for washing the car or for lowing the loan, the loan, and mowing the loan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, and and 
yeah, different things like uh, something broke. Um, see if I can I could fix it. Um, painting the walls, etc. And yeah, I think that uh, attitude of of um, be knowing I'm capable of of accomplishing things, even though even though I am small, <laughs> yeah, um, was great. Yeah, so I was the little brother, and I was always um, alongside my older brothers. Um, How many brothers do you out. have? I have two. Older. Two older brothers. Yeah. So basically, I I could I could say I was uh, probably overstimulated in that sense in in a early age. And I liked it a lot. And basically, I think what I'm doing right now is the same thing. I'm fixing stuff and making <laughs> things better. That's great. Well, so let's let's stick to that. So what are you doing? So the CEO of, um, tell me the name of your company again. Contract Flows. Contract Flows. And, and tell, tell us a little bit more about what, it, what Contract Flows does. And mm-hmm. then secondly, uh, how you came up with the idea for it. Great. So... Um, Contract Flows is an online platform that helps lawyers save time, right? So why did we focus on time, right? Legal services is, has been a traditional industry since the beginning of time. Like um, if your parents say that you only need two people, three, two people in life, lawyers and a doctor, right? <laughs> and so yeah, like lawyers are a very important aspect to society and they waste a lot of time, not only theirs, but their clients as well. And like um, contract flows allows them to save time in the contract drafting, revision and, and signing. So it's an end-to-end platform for them to perform uh, their job and provide legal services. Great. Yeah. And so uh, how did you come up with that idea? I mean, it was just thinking about the time, but... Yeah, um, so actually my older brother, uh, the second one, is a lawyer. And I saw him like in, during his early jobs and positions, um, all the repetitive and traditional uh, way, of the, of way of doing things, right? Um, then he had studied a master's degree in legal tech. And we came up together like, how can we fix this issue in Guatemala? Like, there's there's a lot of ha- mistakes that happen because of the lack of knowledge and the lack of these uh, digitalization steps that could be could automate a lot of the jo- lawyers' work. Um, so, basically, um, we said, how can we minimize um, the human error that could be involved in all the legal services, right? And that's why we created contract flows. And yeah, like. Right now, the, the the people that use us are, uh, that use our platform can't imagine the world without it. Right. That's that's amazing. Um, so a couple of follow-ups. What year did you start Contract Flows? Um, we launched an MVP uh, on 2020, in early 2020, and we developed it um, throughout throughout the whole the whole year. Um, so that's when Sorry, you it was 2021. Yeah. So you launched it in 2021, yeah. early 2020. That's when you launched it. When, um, when did you start working on it in terms of your concept? Create like when you created the concept. Yeah, it, it was. Um, it was a collaborative wo- job with my brother. Um, we worked very close by. Um, he started um, working for his own law firm, right? So we got a lot of. Um, insights from him and also we got to work with other law firms that found the project interesting and the so the that you could might you might say that was sort of a testing period yes uh yes, working totally. with, you know basically uh law firms that you knew uh maybe people you knew see what they think about it get some feedback yes and then um and then maybe apply some of that feedback to how you're before you're going to launch it yeah but the thing is that since i studied computer science it was very easy for me to create that thing uh, so basically i started developing it by myself and we had a functioning product um, in in a couple of months right wow and they started that these law firms started using it they gave, gave feedback and they even paid for our services in that early stage so you launched in 2021. I know the pandemic started in 2020. Um, a lot of people started working from home in 2020. Yes. I don't know the exact situation in Guatemala, but I know in a lot of places, 
uh, lawyers weren't meeting in person with each other. They weren't even going into court in person in a lot of places. Um, uh, I know in the U.S., again, I don't know how it is here, a lot of courtrooms went online, yeah. where, mm. I mean, which is a little strange, but there's also been a backlog of people, you know, in the system that are trying to have court dates and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're try- they were trying to do as much as possible using technology to socially distance. But with all that being said, um, I imagine an, uh, some kind of online platform for legal contracts might be good in this situation. Yes, yes. Yeah, so how did, how did, um, how, how did I hate to say it this way, but how did the situation of the pandemic maybe benefit, uh, or maybe how did you come in as a solution uh, to, to the situation? Totally. So law firms and lawyers started meeting up with their clients uh, through technology, as you uh-huh. said. Um, especially in the early times of the of that year, and since they looked up f- for tools, well, they realized that technology could help them be more productive in a sense that if you have a meeting uh, virtually, um, you can have five meeting meetings instead of two, probably of um, if, if if you go physically with your clients, right? So they started seeing this benefit of technology. And a lot of them started thinking about uh, electronic signatures in Guatemala. Mm. And so that wasn't a thing before. No. So actually, I think it's. I think the U.S. That's been uh, uh, for a little while now. The electronic signatures. It's yeah, it's been. Be yeah. It's so yeah. So the there's been electronic signatures here in Guatemala as well before the pandemic, but they weren't. They weren't used. Yeah. They, they weren't looked for. Um, there was already a, a way of doing things. And I think the, a lot of people started looking at the way um, of, well, since the pandemic, you can meet with other people. Uh, electronic signatures was like the perfect solution, right? And by doing so, they came to realize that other tools exist in the market. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, they, well, they, they can find contract flows, they can find uh, similar tools, um, and also that, well, that's, that's where we were going before, so before the pandemic as well. So I think the pandemic will just made them realize a little bit uh, more like earlier. accelerated it a bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit earlier, but it wasn't the reason because uh, of why it happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's interesting. How much older is your second brother that was a lawyer? He's five years older. Five years. Old. So I think it's interesting because he's only five years older, and he's coming from a legal background, a l- from a viewpoint of a lawyer, mm-hmm. uh, you're seeing maybe some of his frustration, yes. but coming from the coding background, computer background, and just coming up with a solution. But I also think it's interesting, um, I guess uh, you're technically Gen-, Gen Z, is this, I don't know, I don't know what you guys are. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I think it's like, the you know, every generation, you know, is like, comes up with their own innovation and based on your own experience and you know maybe you came up with a little bit more technology than maybe Mm -hmm. uh your parents or you know whatever i mean in terms of when you were growing up right like like you know in the middle of my lifetime is when uh these these phones were created you were you were born into that world right uh so um so maybe you're already kind of i don't know uh got a mindset for looking for solutions in a like digital solutions that maybe other people didn't see. I don't know. I'm yes. just hypothesizing here. But um, but anyway, so I think it's very interesting. You found a solution from within months. You were able to start uh, utilizing it. And uh, and now uh, tell me, how's business going? Great. So this year, beginning of year, like it's the end of tax tax um, Tax season, yeah. Yeah, tax season. So um, there's been a lot of interest in contract flows. Um, we're very happy. Like we've increased our user base three times since since the beginning of year, and yeah, like. Do you have other employees or people on your team? Yeah, right now we're currently four four persons, right? Wow. Um, me as a developer and my brother as a businessman, salesperson. We basically do. So this everything. is the brother that's the lawyer. Yeah. Is he still practicing law, or is he? Yeah, he's okay. still practicing law okay. as well. Okay, great. And um, also we have a. Um, person focused solely on sales and he loves sales he loves people's relationship partnerships he's very good at it and also 
uh, another person that's focusing on the design, um, material of the, of the platform, social media, and public relationships. That's good. Uh, so before we pass the mic over to Sophie, I want to ask you one question related to this. What has been the most challenging thing along the path of starting this business? Or even just having the business? Yeah, I think that's a great question. But um, can you repeat it? <laughs> yeah, what, what is the most challenging thing you, you've had to uh, like maybe encounter or overcome mm -hmm. uh, as you have started this business? Right. So I think the most challenging thing is that I came to realize that I had a lot, a lot to learn. I had a lot to learn and also I had a lot to, to share. In the, in the mean that I have to learn to I had to learn to share my issues, my problems, and work mm. as a team. Um, I think that was my biggest challenge, and to seek help and advice, talk to people. I think um, that's one of the, my biggest life lessons I've. Yeah, and and I don't know. If, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but sometimes when we're going through a challenge or a problem, maybe a failure. We don't want to like admit failure, mm -hmm. and so like bringing up a problem or something to other people might sound like, oh, like I'm this isn't working out. This is this is failing. This is a problem, and so maybe just kind of like learning to to share challenges with other people because other people have other brains and they might have other yes. perspectives and other solutions that can help you or connections or whatever, right? So 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 uh, so that's that's important. And I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the collab and collaboration, that's part of collaboration, right? Mm -hmm. is, getting, um, is getting to be able to share information with other people. So anyway, well, great work so far. We'll look forward to, uh, to seeing the future of contract flows here in Guatemala. And it's, a just, it's just focused on Guatemala, right? We're, well, we tested the product in Guatemala, but hopefully you'll see us around the world. Oh, so you might, you might see contract flows around the world. <laughs> and uh, the other thing I like what you said, Juan Luis, earlier was... Uh, you said the lawyers now, uh, the people that are using the product can't imagine their work without the product. Yes. And I kind of was just thinking about, you know, I said Steve Jobs earlier, but, <laughs> you know, like we, 20 years ago, nobody knew what a smartphone was. Now, like nobody can live without one. Right. And it's kind of like what Steve Jobs was trying to sell when we go back to the salesman, like, like this is going to change your life. You don't know it yet kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and so th in, this, in this way, in a, in a different way, you know, contract flows maybe has changed the life and the way people work uh, mm -hmm. as lawyers. And, and, and that's great now is hopefully you have some great, um, uh, you know, uh, basically testimonies from yes, some yes. of the clients that they, could, they can then share with other lawyers. Um, and by the way, if this lawyer over here is now being way more effective, I want his tool because, yeah. you know, he might be a competitor or people might go to him because now he could... He could see way more clients because he's being mm -hmm. a lot more efficient with their time. So that's great. Um, and how can somebody learn about contract flows? Well, you can visit our page. It's contractflows.com. We have our also LinkedIn page and Instagram. So great. Contract flows. And I'll put some of this stuff in the show notes. So if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen, um, you'll see some of the links to, to contract flows and to, and to these two. So, yes. so now let's hear from Sophie uh, about... Uh, Core code? That's right. Core code. I got you know all these things sound the same to me. You know, with the, <laughs> so you've come up with a, some unique things to be able to dive in there. But okay, okay so core code again. Remind us what core code does, yes. um, and uh, what you were part of founding it. Yeah. And yeah. tell tell us how you got the idea to found it. Okay, so we a we are a technology learning accelerator. So we train software developers and we connect them to opportunities in the technology industry. And also uh, companies that hire our talent are also requiring our continuous learning programs. So we are basically a, a learning company mainly, uh, but we facilitate talent acceleration. That's what we do. So learning uh, company, uh, who's doing the learning? The developers, the software developers, okay. or anyone who wants to join the technology industry and become a developer, they are the ones who are learning. What kind of educational background is required of them? Um, mainly technical background. They do require a, at least some knowledge of logic, like logic of, of ifs, ends. Um, and then they, it is desirable that they have touched code. Like th there are super curious people who were like, what, how does this computer work? Uh, like him, <laughs> actually, he, he's the potential user when he was, was a child. He, was, he a, was he part of this? No, uh, oh. well, 
like of the company? He, no, well, I mean, uh, was he one of the learners? I don't know. No, he he uh, he was already, he already an knew. expert. He was he was well yeah. experienced. Okay. He was uh, he was way way ahead of his career. Uh, but yeah, it's just like curious people who have who have background in logic and some coding experience or exploration. When did you start the company? We started it in 2020. Formally in 2021. 2020 was when I connected with my co-founder and we started developing the idea. So you have a, how many co-founders? It's, it's just two. It's two of just, you. It's me and, and Sebas Ibarwen, who, okay. who also graduated from UFM. Oh, great. Um, so uh, how did you exactly come up with the idea? Yeah, so there's two tracks of the story and then we connected. Uh, but my track was that I was always thinking about wealth creation and developing the region. So I was always thinking about solutions to help people get there faster, right? Uh, and I was always involved in projects. Uh, and one of the things I realized is that education seemed to be crucial. Uh, I did not know education of what or how, in which way. I just felt like education was a way to help people get there um, and to help me get there because I was one of those people. <laughs> uh, so education, I was like, hmm, there's something there. Uh, and then when I joined the, the UFM, uh, I started realizing that the, the concept of education was something that intrigued me, just the way we learn, uh, because I was experiencing a whole new way of learning. So I started exploring a lot about alternative ways of learning. And parallel to that, I'm a poet also. So I went to a poetry session and I met a computer scientist and I started like learning more about their art. In that moment for me, it was just like the art of creating code, the art of creating new things from scratch. And I fell in love with that. Like for me, it was more of a passion thing at that moment. Um, so I was passionate about learning more about the learning alternatives and I was passionate about the art of creating things from scratch. And I started experimenting on that way. So I started creating uh, projects in which uh, I would go to universities. For example, I went to La del Valle and I was like, let's create a learning experience that's different. Uh, and then I started creating different learning experiences in different places different organizations um, and as I did that I started creating a learning were you getting paid for this no I was not this getting was paid for this I would say fun or it was how did you think of it at the time it was an exploration phase. I think I would compare it to like when, when Juan Luis was look, is looking at a computer and he's like, how does this work? Like, I just mm. need to touch it and play with it. I think that was my way of thinking, thinking about it. I was playing with different types of learning and, and learning about what, what I was doing there. Um, I was getting paid because I was working at Procter & Gamble at the same time, but so I was, I was safe in that, in that sense. And I think that helped me a lot. Um, it was helpful. I did not want to specialize in, in sales and business necessarily f for massive companies like that. Uh, but I needed that to survive while I was experimenting. I, I, I do appreciate that, uh, that part of my life as well. Uh, so I was experimenting with this and we, uh, I met Juan Luis and he, I fell even more in love with computer science and artificial intelligence because he specializes in artificial intelligence. And so as I was doing my experiments, we decided to do one of those experiments because Juan Luis was realizing that he loves artificial intelligence, but in Guatemala, there's like there's not a community surrounding uh, artificial intelligence. So we were like, okay, let's explore how we could build a learning community to learn artificial intelligence. So we built a small one, uh, all of the members were part of UFM actually. Uh, so we, we were just like experimenting on how we learned. I was more in like the evaluating how the, they were learning. I was just like observing and they were like, where, where are they getting the information? How can we accelerate their learning? How can we uh, motivate participants? within the, the learning community. Uh, and it was during those times that I was also very, very like verbal about my wish to, okay, I love learning. Yes, I love computer science, but I do need for this to to help people generate wealth faster. Uh, so I was talking about how, um, for example, in Guatemala, when call centers came here, uh, it was a boom in opportunities. And I was one of the people who, who benefited from that because I needed a job. I did not have economic means. So I worked at this call center and suddenly like I had means to, to make a living. Uh, and I was like, I need something like that, but that can enable creativity like coding. Um, so I was just saying that out loud. And one of the participants of the learning community was like, I know someone who wants the same thing that you want. And he, and he believes in the same ideas you do, like in freedom and, and in sustainability of, of a business. And they, then they, he connected me to my now co-founder. And we just talked about what we envisioned. And it happened to be that my co-founder had created something like, uh, like coding boot camps years before they were in hype. Um, and 
but he wasn't doing it as a business and now he wanted to do it as a business. So we, we just connected in the right moment. And one, one phrase that I, I always love to repeat, I don't know if that's how it goes, but that fortune will find you working. I think mm. fortune, I think the phrase is like fortune favors the bold, but I like to say like fortune favors the ones who are already doing stuff. Yes. Right? Um, so I found him as I was already doing stuff. And, and for me, that was just like, I, I could see it like dots connecting and then suddenly like, phew, and from that, from then on, we just went like creating lots of stuff together, and that was well. I love, I love that whole story, and actually, uh, there's so many great things in there because you know I teach this class on entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and innovation, and and there's and there's two concepts that come up that you just mentioned in mm-hmm. that description. When you talk about fortune, yeah. um, <laughs> I actually have a whole conversation in my class now about luck, mm, the idea yeah. of luck. Maybe fortune is a better way of word, mm-hmm. but the reason I, I I use I have a conversation about luck is I've actually heard. Uh, in passing so many uh, conversations mm-hmm. uh, with entrepreneurs where they mentioned a lucky moment or uh-huh. a lucky break or mm-hmm. I was lucky or I was blessed or what yeah. and I stopped them sometimes and say hold on a second <laughs> you worked hard right mm-hmm. uh, so why why do you even think you're lucky and then of course you know Elon Musk has this famous quote that's been circulating around a, a lot you know I've been working uh, you know seven days a week 12 hours a day mm-hmm. for you know 12 years and people still say I'm lucky right mm-hmm. uh, so Anyway, yeah. but I just think, but I like, uh, what, can you repeat the fortune will... Fortune favors... Uh, the bold or something? So the phrase is for, fortune favors the bold. Yeah. I think someone in Greece said that a long time ago. But what I say is that fortune will find you working. Fortune will find you working. Uh-huh. Yes, that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I, think I like that. that. Um, the other One of the other things you said kind of early on was you were really interested, you know, you kind of just wanted to um, play, kind of play around with things and things like that. And I, and I like that too because, and again, one of the, one of the books I use mm-hmm. in our class is uh, How Innovation Works by Matt Ridley. Mm. And he talks about this idea of playfulness yeah. that, entre- that innovators have mm-hmm. te- pr- particularly, that they just like playing around with things. And sometimes in the process of playing around with things, they f- mm. come up with ideas or solutions yeah. um, and, 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 in a sense, innovations. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, we we all we all know, know a lot of the stories of Thomas Edison, ten thousand mm-hmm. tries to get the light bulb, all these I sorts of things. <laughs> so you're looking for something maybe with code and computers, mm-hmm. and she's looking for you know how uh, people learn mm-hmm. in different environments and trying to accelerate that. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's really uh, interesting. So, um, did you? Let me ask you because you were a systems innovation major. Yeah. That's right. Uh, that could mean a lot of things. Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so maybe it does mean a lot of things. Can you tell me, is that in systems innovation? It, when I hear systems, I think mm-hmm. machines, computers, mm-hmm. yeah. but also it could be uh, it could be systematic learning. Like, yeah. I don't really know. Like, tell me, what is systems innovation supposed to be or what, what was your approach uh, to education that, what, what, do, what were you thinking in terms of career, like mm-hmm. what type of field? Yes, so I... Because part of the Michael Blaney thing is that you get to name your career. So I, d- I chose that name. and, and You uh, chose Systems I chose, Innovation. I chose Systems oh. Innovation. And then you have a panel. For example, I had John Chisholm in my panel who validated. It's like, okay, yeah, you, you get to be called as a, a systems innovator because you created XYZ or you can justify So that's it. what's also cool is that you can come up with your own major. Yeah. But you have to... Mm. Present yes, and 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 give an argument yeah. for why that major, and then you have a panel yes. or something, a yeah. committee that has to approve. Yeah, and sometimes they give feedback like why not this or why use that word. In my case, they validated it. So good. <laughs> yeah. So what does it mean to you? Yeah. So what it meant to me, is I, as I was seeing it in retrospective, um, when I started thinking about how can we uh, accelerate wealth generation in the region, and I started studying economics. I started understanding economy when I thought about it as a system. Because for me, it was just like money happened, money happened and wealth (laughs) happened. But then you realize that there's a whole system around it. That there is people who generate the wealth, there there are people who, like governments who use money to do X, Y, Z, and then each act has an effect. So for me, like just being able to map the system of how wealth was generated in the country was like an eye opener. And that that's when I decided like, okay, maybe I don't want to build more public schools because I wanted that at the beginning. I wanted to build public schools and I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to build public schools, but I maybe I want to start something new. And that can help this part of the system enable this other part. And so that's how this connects. And so I, I, I learned that 
studying the system of economy. Uh, and then when I started learning le about learning, I also started thinking about it as a system, like what enables what, what blocks what, what if we connect these two nodes that are two separate. Um, and in that way, I got a better understanding and a better uh, thing of, of like living systems, which is something that I now live. Like um, when I see a system, I see it as something that's alive, that can evolve and that can change. And for me to just have that mindset is very important in just anything I do. And then uh, when I met my computer scientist friends and boyfriends, <laughs> uh, boyfriend, uh, <laughs> I, I also realized that computer science is a way to easily see materialized a system of if and therefore etc right um, so I started realizing that what I loved most was being able to study or analyze any system that I needed to analyze at the moment and then innovate within it um, and then I ended up connected all, all these like nodes within the system of like economy and learning and computer science and in that way I'm, I'm building something new that that works and that is alive um, so that's why, why I chose systems innovation and I did study like com computational thinking and programming I did went through that uh, but for me my superpower lies within the systems innovation like mm -hmm. on the learning so is that what you're saying? On the systems part of things. Okay. So, uh -huh. like connecting all the dots, connecting yeah. the learning to the wealth creation to the computer science. Uh -huh. That's great. So speaking of that, so I want uh, two things. Uh, Juan Luis, tell me, he, she mentioned uh, AI. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so is is does your contract flows have AI built into it? How how does and and tell me a little bit more about what you're doing on the AI side. Great. So right now, um, we're inco incorporating a system that's focused on horizontal property. Um, that's the term they use for, um, you know, um, creating real estate um, properties, right? Yeah. Um, so right now, we're using AI to analyze um, the blueprints of all the, uh, you know, um, Real real estate. Uh, real estate. Yeah. So this is a uh, for so when lawyers are deciding contracts, uh, maybe buying and selling real estate. Yeah. Things uh, like that. Um, not buying, but building them. Building. Yeah. Okay. So okay. we use AI to analyze the blueprints and take information automatically out of it. Okay, great. And then um, the other thing I want to so, so first of all, I should also comment, and I know you've had like. A pronunciation here or there today where you were like oh did I say that right yeah your English is fantastic uh, I, I've lived in Guatemala a year I can't say I'm fluent in Spanish my Spanish has improved my last name is Gonzalez you know my first name is Francisco uh, so of course you know people wonder why I can't speak fluent Spanish but anyway I grew up in Florida um, but anyway but you're you guys are speak great English uh, so I want a two-part question uh, one, uh, how, how did you learn English? So you, obviously you're fluent in Spanish and English. You, tell me if there's another language you know, uh, and then also what kind of computer languages do you know? Great. <laughs> um, great. So yeah, I was, um, I learned English at school. At, um, the school I went um, had this system in which they taught you classes uh, in English mainly, math, Is this sciences, at what level, like elementary, elementary school? yeah, since elementary school, up to, up up until high school, and when I came to UFM, that's when I started receiving um, Spanish taught classes, right? Um, oh, yeah, only at UFM. Yeah. <laughs> so before that, everything was taught in English. Um, the um, most part of it. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you're in my class at UFM, it's taught in English. So, but I know that's very rare. Uh, one of my former students was telling me. Um, uh, yesterday that he only had two classes at UFM that were taught in English and actually what's really interesting and um, you know I know UFM has a proficiency in English before you graduate but a lot of students I think um, pass that proficiency before they even come to UFM mm -hmm. right like in the TOEFL exam yes. or something and so my former student who's now uh, he graduated sometime last year you know I had him in, in the spring I saw him this week and he said, you know, it's funny, Francisco, I haven't really been practicing my English because, uh, you know, uh, one, um, my English was super strong when I came out of high school, but yes. most of my classes in college were in Spanish, except for a couple like yours. And now that I've been graduated almost a year, I basically just speak Spanish to everybody. So he, so I still think his English is very good, you know, but I guess 
the confidence in not be in yes. not practicing it was what he was saying. But it's interesting that a lot of the uh, grade school is more taught in English um, he's, he's for you, yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and then what about computer languages? Um, do you know any other uh, uh, I languages? know a little bit of French as well. Yeah. Like uh, at my school, we also had these optional courses for a third language. So uh -huh. uh, it was Spanish, English, and then a third language, French or Germ German. Yeah. yeah. And I chose French. And I know there's been some uh, French and German influences in Guatemala as well in the past. Right, yeah. yeah. And I'm super basic on that on French, right? I, I forgot if I didn't I, if I wasn't used to speaking English, um, French is probably very deep down in my mind. <laughs> yeah, okay. And what about computer languages? Well, computer languages um, like I since I'm invested in AI um, most of the AI um, modules and programs and um, work has been done in Python. So Python has been my main language, you could say. Uh, I'm more used to it. I've worked more with it. Um, so that my the backend of contract flows is built on top of Python as well. Uh -huh. um, but also when I was creating contract flows, I had to learn JavaScript since I use a JavaScript framework for the front end and also for certain functions or microservices on the back end. And yeah, so I continue to learn that. I used JavaScript before uh, when I was studying here at UFM for certain app development classes and developing certain interfaces. And um, those are my main focuses. But right now, I'm learning Ruby. Wow. And Always learning. Yeah. Um, that's the way to go. And Ruby with the Rails framework. So it's Ruby and Rails. And it's awesome. Uh, I, I think it's very alike with, aligned with Python. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great to learn. So Sophie, what about you in terms of uh, how did you best learn English? And what other languages might you speak? Yes. So I have a theory that I learned English uh, by watching movies. Yeah. But that's my theory because when I was in preschool, I remember that school teachers would be like, you already know this, you can go out and play. Uh, and, I, and I have that, that idea. And I, I have a family of nine, um, and they were, they would always be like joking in English for some reason. Like my dad would always make jokes in English. Uh -huh. He doesn't have the best English, but he would always like <laughs> say things like one, two, three, four, five, or like count or something. Um, so I would play around with that. And then movies were always watched in English with subtitles. So I think like the, the connect, building the connection and just reading as you listen, I think helped me a lot. And then in school we did have some classes, but for me, classes were more like to practice like I was since I'm a poet as well like I just wrote my poems and said them out loud um, and and singing I sing also so I was always like singing music in sing song, singing songs in English uh, so I think practice for me was what helped I also lived in the States for like three months oh. um, in California when I was 15 uh, I went out to explore <laughs> and uh, I think that also helped like just practicing practicing for me that was it I don't speak any other language. I always joke with him that I speak French because I can say like bonjour. Um, and I tried learning when I was a, 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 when I was a kid, but I, I stopped. Um, so no, just uh, Spanish and English. Well, I, I really want to thank you guys for being on the Agents of Innovation podcast. I really Yay. do. Uh, when I met you, it was actually, you know, I've been here a year. And obviously, like I said, I've met a lot of young people and stuff. But uh, when I met you kind of together and heard your story super quick, I was like, oh, I got to have them on. This is like, this is really like the future of Guatemala right here I'm looking at. And so I think like UFM is a fantastic, I mean, I can't say enough about the educational institution, the process of learning you guys uh, just discussed here that was impactful for you. Um, but then seeing that what kind of fruit is born out of this school that maybe they, you know, you can't, you don't know what your alums are going to actually go do out yeah. in the world. And I think, you know, you're still very young. You're still just starting off on your companies. And so I'm looking forward to seeing the future. So tell me a little bit, how can people find out about Core Code? They can go into CoreCode.io. Oh, she's <laughs> representing on the shirt I'm there. representing and we can put the link down the there. The Function below. Accelerator Career. Yeah, it's, it's Visit corecode.io. Oh, core-code.io. That's right. That's yeah. right. 
so and that's yeah, great. That's where we can. The and and what and 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 one last question, maybe for each of you, um, <laughs> since we're talking about the future of Guatemala. Yeah. I know you're. First of all, there's a lot of people that might see opportunities, uh, maybe skills, and mm. they have skills and talents that maybe there are companies mm. or uh, business opportunities in other places in the world. Yeah. Um, and you decided, uh, at least so far, to stay in Guatemala. Oh, yeah. And, and so what do you see about maybe your role or what you hope for, mm. you know, Guatemala's future uh, in, in terms of uh, the future for, for yourself and your families and, and, and the next generation? Great. That's a great question. <laughs> um, so I think when there's a need for something, there are more opportunities to well there 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 exists more opportunities you can you can take advantage of right um i think living in guatemala we have a lot of opportunities a lot of things we could change to make better and i think that's where we're going at yeah so that's great yeah 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 i i love that and and i think um i think i'm always impressed i'm always surprised but about what human beings can do. I think that that's, that always surprises me uh, about the questions we can make ourselves and each other, about how we can observe the state, the current state of the word, world and how we can wonder on how we can keep building something beautiful and amazing. Um, I think in Guatemala, I found a community that I love, including uh, this person right here, <laughs> a community that's filled with uh, great questions, uh, great ideals, uh, love for freedom, uh, love for ideas, and, and love for building things that can help the world become a better place. Um, so I just, I, I'm looking forward to knowing even more people in Guatemala so we can keep creating things together because I know lots of us are amazing here and we can build amazing things here and I'm also super open to connecting with people around the world we're actually doing business with other with other parts of the world I believe in connectivity and in a world where everyone can like connect with each other um, but I, right now I'm happy here I'm happy with the trees I'm happy with the air <laughs> that we're breathing here the eternal in spring yeah the eternal why would you leave <laughs> yeah the eternal <laughs> spring and I'm looking forward to how the world's going to look like with us being involved that's great and you know i i, do, I know you both mentioned especially when you mentioned uh contract flows uh how you may start you know also working with people around the world mm -hmm. but what's great is that the business you are based in guatemala so you know a lot of times we, we you know you see things maybe it's coming out of california or something or it's coming out of some particular place in the world that that something is known for uh well contract flows is going to be uh, headquartered right here it's still it is headquartered right here in guatemala city and so um so that's great that maybe as you connect to the world the world will, will come to guatemala uh to connect with you yes totally all right well thank you well, i was happy to connect with you during my time here in guatemala and uh just want to thank you both for being agents of innovation and for being on the agents of innovation podcast great thank you for having us Bye-bye.